Hello, everyone, and welcome to another Change Your Game with GTD podcast. I'm Todd Brown, and I'm here as always with Robert Peake. Hello. And our purpose in putting this podcast out is to give you the chance to explore ways that you can get more out of the getting things done methodology, how you can implement stress-free productivity, get more of the right things done in less time with less stress. Um, and Robert, as we were kicking things off or getting prepared to hit record here this morning, one of the things that, uh, that we were talking about was this idea of focusing on whatever has your attention, where, where you sort of feel the most tension. And, um, you know, you and I were saying that that resonated with us as something that might be quite helpful at the beginning of the new year to remind people about. It's this idea that, you know, ultimately getting things done, I think, provides us with frameworks for 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 focus, for thinking, um, uh, sort of regardless of where we feel tension in our productive lives. Um, have, have you got some some sort of framing thoughts about that, how that's how that's worked for you and your own systems and your own thinking? Yeah, definitely. I think um, 20 years in, this is now my, my 20 year anniversary of GTD. January is when I, when I first picked up GTD, January 2000, um, which doesn't feel that, that long ago. Um, but I think, you know, over the course of that journey for me personally, one of the side effects, side benefits of GTD um, has been a greater uh, self-awareness or attunement to um, what what bothers me, <laughs> what annoys me. That doesn't mean I become a more grumpy person. Maybe I have, but um, it, it means that really um, understanding what has my attention and what I need to do about it uh, in order to free up my attention has really become uh, to me kind of the the higher level practice of GTD itself. And so, what I attempt to do with uh, people that I'm coaching and in seminars, those that we work with, uh, is to really um, focus on and use that that kind of fundamental question, what has your attention, to help guide us and to help lead us through not only taking in the intellectual educational content of, of what GTD is, but helping them to get relief and to get benefit from GTD in a practical way starting with the, you know, first, the thing that, that is most kind of in their face. So um, I think really guiding yourself that way as a GTD practitioner or as someone new to this, really focusing on, well, what has my attention? Where, what is keeping me from being as present as I could be? And tackling that first using the tools of the methodology uh, can be a great way to go because we all we all just need wins. We all need success with this. We all need to see this, I think, working uh, in order to be encouraged and to be writing, as I say, writing momentum rather than battling inertia in our in our journey. Uh, I don't know what. How, how do you how do you take that? Yeah, that I, I'm with you there. I think you know, as I think about how uh, we introduce people to GTD, uh, you know, we we talk about the uh, we talk about the power of something that we call a mind sweep, right? Which is where we get down all of the all of the open loops, as we call them, that are that are bouncing around in our heads, the things we need to do. And when most people do a mind sweep, they come up with, you know, some tactical things. I need to call her. I need to email him. I need to buy that at the store. And then they also come up with some things which are a bit more fuzzy, 
uh, you know, maybe more at kind of the as we, what we would call the project level, right? At the, the the higher outcome level. Um, and that's what's on most people's minds when they walk into you know into a seminar or into a coaching. But I think you know one of the ideas that 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 underlies what you've been talking about is that sometimes what's on your mind is something that's going on as it were in your GTD system, right? So what could have my attention is my lists, my reminder lists are getting quite long. Or what could have my attention is um, I feel like I'm a bit disconnected from my, you know, from sort of my longer term outcomes, right? Or what could be on my mind is I'm feeling like I haven't, um, I haven't uh, checked up on my waiting for list for a while. And so I think, again, one of my, one of my aha moments over the last years has been to realize that that tension can be, as it were, it, it might be something that's that's not directly related to my GTD system, but what's going on in my system could very well be what's on my mind, right? So, you know, I my, my inbox has got, you know, a few hundred emails in it. That could be the thing that's on my mind. Or uh, I felt like I really haven't spent enough time with my, with my context list, with my action list recently. So, and I think the thing that's quite interesting about GTD is that when those kinds of things are on our minds, it gives us a good opportunity or it gives us some good structures for interacting with those things that have our attention. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I've never, um, never found something on my mind that didn't have a place in the model, you know, and, and I've been, do been doing it for a while and had a lot of different life circumstances and changes and things come my way in a couple of decades. So there is there is a way to handle everything that's on your mind in the GTD methodology, which I think is one of the uh, one of the beauties of it. You know, I've never thrown anything at it that that there isn't a way to deal with it um, that makes sense in a practical way, and that actually helps me move move the thing on. Um, practically speaking, where where do you find people get the most benefit? Um, sort of getting getting started with this where where do people tend to gravitate in your experience sort of first what what has most people's attention maybe these days you know it's it's a very individual thing it probably goes without saying but when people come out of let's just call it an introductory experience with GTD whether they've been coached or whether they've come along to a seminar um, different people you know, uh, resonate with different things. That said, I think there are some things which are fairly, fa that are uh, fairly common. One thing I think is very powerful for people is this idea of, of a waiting for list, right? And just having an inventory of all of the things that I'm waiting for, for other people in the world to do things for me, right? And having that documented and being able to review that list and being able to use it as a reminder for things, you know, things that I might need to chase people about, um, that I think can be very, very powerful. I've had uh, I had someone, you know, that I bumped into in an airport uh, years ago who'd been along to one of my seminars, and he was telling me that uh, that that was the thing that he he really felt like was the was the was the biggest uh, upgrade in terms of his in terms of his behavior. So I think I think the waiting for list is a biggie. I think as well um, this core idea that getting things out of your mind is a good idea is is a big one for a lot of people it's, it certainly was for me when i first got engaged with gtd that was the thing that that really hit me as uh you know wow that makes perfect sense and um and really i'm going to do my best to, to start to try to implement that straight away so you know generating the mental clarity by 
by uh, implementing a good capture practice, by doing mind sweeps, by being in a position, uh, you know, to to as we say, to to uh, to execute ubiquitous capture, no matter where you are, be in a position to to capture ideas. That I think has has a lot of resonance with a lot of people. Well, how about you? What what have you run into that people seem to sort of take to? Well, finding ways to get through the email inbox effectively, I think, has been a big win uh, for a lot of people uh, that I work with. And, you know, it's funny because I think there's a lot of, uh, I'd call it tool shaming going on right now in that uh, people see email as the inherent problem. And, and email is kind of, it's blameless, it's neutral. And I think as we see a lot of people transitioning to uh, other systems and approaches and ways of receiving inbound communication. Eventually, those systems too, they're going to say, "Ah, oh, I hate you know whatever messaging or or groupware thing is you know in my world now." Just as much as they're now saying, "I hate email," but it's not about email. It's about what's in there that that is uh, has your attention or what could be in there that you're not really sure about. That's that's the big one. I mean, I think we're afraid of the unknown way more than we're afraid of the known, right? So. Uh, finding ways, giving people just even simple practical tools like the two-minute rule, um, like saying, look, if it's not actionable before a certain date or unlikely to be actionable before a certain date, move all of that out of there. Um, you know, people have have success with that, and it gives them a sense of hope and a sense of being able to uh, start to get on top of the sheer volume uh, of, of input they're receiving. So, you know, help, helping people out, so many of them just say email, email is the, the problem. It's not in itself, but it is the place where the problem is showing up. So to me, so much of, you know, this what has your attention question is really about where's the place where your problem is showing up the most? Where's the place where you're most insecure about um, really understanding and having defined your commitments in a way that you know you can move them forward and you're not you're not going to miss anything. So to me, that's the underlying purpose, really, of this whole question of of what what has your attention, what's what's on your mind. Yeah, I think that's I think that's a good point. And I'm reminded of an article I read this last weekend about um, uh, was was a bit of a, a cautionary tale about one organization's uh, use of, of of Slack, as it happens, although. Um, well, both Slack and Microsoft Teams, I suppose, are, are the products that we're, we're tending to see amongst our clients in this new sort of social productivity space, let's call it. Um, and and it was really interesting. You know, the, um, uh, the they were saying that the same kinds of stresses that were showing up in in email or have shown up in email for decades now we're starting to show up there in this organization. So, uh, you know, the way they describe the journey, the the initial impact of the installation of, of Slack in the organization was it was met with with enthusiasm, right? To your point, no more email. I, I can I can avoid the place where I'm perceiving the problem. Uh, and then when they what they really recognized is that that it's you know it, the, the contents of, of of you know whatever you see in Slack or whatever you see in your email inbox. Ultimately, it just boils down to: Are there any potential commitments for me here? Right. The 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 tool is different, and of course, in tools like Slack and in like Teams, you've got a lot more chat-like features. So you're on the you know you're you're more likely to be um, p- 
pinged than you would be, uh, you know, pinged in a way that, that pops up on your desktop, as it were, as opposed to just ping because something just dropped into your inbox. Um, the, there are different uh, access mechanisms, if you will. Uh, but at the end of the day, it, it's, it's ultimately just a potential commitment. Is there something in that, you know, in that Microsoft team post that you're looking at, which implies a new, uh, a new commitment for you? No different question, really, than if you were considering uh, a new email that's dropped into your inbox. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, in a weird way, it's you know, it sounds like the the tool never has your attention. It's what the tool's conveying that actually has your attention. And always, you know, what has your attention is what you're what you're committed to that you don't quite feel you have a full handle on. I think this is the beauty of the mind sweep. You know, I've had a, a lot of clients have success with just doing a daily morning mind sweep. I say to him, just I want you every day to sit down with a piece of paper and write that down the top three things on your mind. I don't have to be a full comprehensive mind sweep, but write three things down on your mind and get them into your system. It's amazing how fast that will start to organically build out someone's system and, and project lists and so forth, particularly if they're just drowning in email, right? And they can't get through the, the, the 200,000 emails necessarily to feel comprehensive about that. It It is to some extent stuck up in their head. And so that, you know, what has your attention question, you and a piece of paper, um, can be a, just an absolute pressure relief valve, I think, for, for a lot of people. Um, what, what else have you found, you know, in terms of if someone were getting started and saying, well, you know, I, I really don't know where to put my focus first, what would you, what would you ask them or how would you coach them through that? Well, again, you know, I think, I, I think there's an interesting um, kind of you know kind of uh pressure that some people feel coming out of uh, let's call it a, a, a fundamental seminar the, the entry-level seminar that we do that they need to implement everything right and we and we paint a very very comprehensive picture in the seminar of you know what what are the elements of the of the five-phase model um, what does best practice look like? Everybody get a ch gets a chance to put all of that to work for examples out of their own lives. So everybody gets a chance to sort of try GTD out for themselves. And, and you know, as I say, it's a comprehensive picture. We're introducing everything. And I think one of the things that some people, you know, and especially people who have perfectionist tendencies, and I, you know, I have to put my hand up and say, that's me too, or it certainly was me. Um, those people sort of come out of the seminar and say, you know, I've got to do all of this, otherwise I will have failed. And the truth is, you know, if you pick if you pick five things that came out of the seminar and implement those and implement them, you know, in a in a consistent way, that's going to make a huge difference. And then what I would recommend is just keep you know keep the materials from the seminar around, right? So keep the keep the workbook, keep the uh, we've got a we we give folks an A three overview a3 format overview of the whole methodology that they can uh, use as a as an aid memoir in the future to remind themselves about what are the various elements what are the various models that we use have that to hand and then maybe you know maybe in three months time in six months time all of a sudden it'll, it'll be time for you to implement that someday maybe list that you didn't implement or to be a little bit more uh, consistent about the review of your projects list, you know, whatever it is. So I guess it, overall what I'd say is, you know, don't don't have the expectation that straight away you're going to implement the whole thing. Um, that said, I guess, uh, I guess uh, you know, beyond what I said earlier that, that the um, 
uh, you know, about the waiting for lists and, 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 you know, the things that tend to be greatest hits that I hear about. The other thing I guess I would say is an, an interesting way to look at the whole methodology is what would I look at? Which, which, of, the, which of the models would I use to relieve a particular kind of stress that I'm feeling? Right. So just to pick one. So the, the, the threefold nature of work model that we introduce you know, basically says that that work only comes in uh, three types. Right. We have we have unplanned work, stuff that just shows up and we choose to engage with. We have planned work and then we have which is, you know, all the stuff on your lists and, and all the entries in your calendar, basically. And then we have defining your work right, or the planning. And, you know, so that model might be really helpful if you feel like you've got the balance wrong there, right? You feel like you're spending too much time just reacting to stuff that's dropping into your inbox. Well, that's a reminder. That model is a reminder that there are these two other types of work that you could choose to engage with. And let's say you decided, you know, I'm uh, one of the things I'm observing in my, in my system is that my lists are getting long. Well, what that probably means is you're not spending enough time on your planned work. So what you might want to do is just block some time in your calendar and call that time, you know, block block 45 minutes a day for the next week and call that time, you know, do work off my list, right? Um, so that's just one example. But again, it's, it's the, um, it, it sort of puts GTD on its head, at least in terms of how I initially understood it and encourages me to ask the question, um, you know, it, it it gets it gets away from I should do all of this right, and gets toward and 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 encourages me to ask the question. Okay, this particular model of getting things done, you know, is it the horizons of focus? Is it the filtering criteria? All these various models. What would they help me? Uh, what 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 stress or what tension would they help me to relieve? And that I think. Uh, what you do if you if you take that perspective is you get away from this this perspective that I, again I think a lot of people take away from the introductory level seminar, which is, well, um, you know this this is a, a methodology that millions of people have gotten a lot out of. It's been presented by somebody in a compelling way, and I'm just going to implement it all basically because they said there would be good stuff that would happen if I did. Again, you know, put that a little bit on its head and say, okay, well. Let's be. Uh, let's encourage you to be a bit more sensitive to the to the tension you're feeling, and then you know choose the um, choose the element of GTD to implement that would help you to deal with that tension. Absolutely, yeah. And I think I like I like the the term uh, tension. You know, um, one of the great tips a, a friend once gave me long long ago is is he said something you know jealousy is a good thing. Jealousy is a good thing because it um, it tells you potentially about something that you want, and if you're willing to go to the lengths that whatever the person or people you're jealous of went to to get that, that there's a good chance you could have that. You could have whatever that is if if you're willing to, you know, pay the maintenance on the on the car or earn the money to get the car or whatever whatever it is. And I just thought that was a really interesting. Um, approach because a la gtd that's just another just another tension the things you're jealous of they they, they were they you know point out stuff you want things that you consider to be a big problem in your life points out well i would like something to be different in this circumstance and almost always when i when i ask people well what does it look like to be on the other side of this what does it look like when this is no longer a problem they can they can tell me 
you know, what that looks like, even if it's a little hard to believe or see from here, they definitely know what they want to be different. And if it is within your control, and if it is, you know, sort of reasonable and feasible with great majority of these things are, that's a project statement, you know, if you're committed to it, or if you just kind of go, well, yeah, you know, I would like that thing, but, you know, I'm not really sure I'm willing to commit the resources and time and energy to that right now. I just, it's kind of more of a whim or an idea. That's a someday maybe item. So, you know, there are ways to get even these really subtle things, these little subtle kind of urges or desires or impulses or whatever, or the big things that you go, wow, this is a big problem in my life to get those off your mind as well. But again, as you said, it's, it requires, um, it requires a, an awareness of what is creating a sense of tension or what is creating a sense of, you know, imbalance or disturbance um, uh, or just a differential between where you are and where you want to be. And to me, that's the beauty of GTD is it just handles all of those, all of those differentials mm. just show you potentially something you may want to commit to or at least get captured as a good idea you don't want to lose. To me, the someday maybe list has been a, an enormous um pressure relief valve, you know, in, in my life, just because it gives me the opportunity to have good ideas, even in times of overwhelm, and not lose those for times, you know, times when I do have the resources to commit to them. Yeah. Yeah. So, so as we wrap up here, you know, let's, let's just say here we are in January, right? A lot of people are, are, um, you know, might have made some, some New Year's resolutions, some of them might relate to GTD. Um, what kind of advice would you give somebody as the as the new year begins? You know, in in the frame we've been talking about, right? In the in the in this frame of uh, in this frame of sort of um, um, uh, you know GTD, uh, the things that are most resonant for a lot of people in GTD. What, what what recommendations would you make? Well, even though we've been saying the tool is you know just the messenger and don't don't shoot the tool, very often that's where you know, where the most tension shows up. So I would say, you know, get real about, even if it's just one area where you're feeling, um, you know, stressed or overwhelmed or like that when you engage with that, your, you know, your heart sinks, um, you know, and, and potentially consider going after that. And it may not be email or it may not be an, uh, an inbox per se. It may be your filing cabinet or it may be a, a part of your uh, life or your office or home that you're frequently um, in that has a lot of visual distraction and is, is bothering you and annoying you. But even just taking one manageable area and committing to um, dealing with that a la GTD um, can give you a lot of, of relief and hope rather than kind of doing a little bit in a lot of areas until it's all finally done. I think what you're talking about with the seminar where it's like, I won't be you know happy until I'm comprehensive. Um, hone it in. Just, just get one area and just go, yeah, you know what? I'm just really going to get that filing uh, under control. I'm going to get that email inbox and I'm just going to archive a ton of it, do two-minute rule and other stuff. You know, I'm going get to it, get it back into, into a manageable state. Um, we all need wins. We all need successes. And showing yourself that this can work in one area uh, that has maybe the most attention for you, I think, um, kind of proves to yourself that you can then take this and apply it to another area and get the same, same relief and, and hope. What about you, Todd? Yeah, that's, I think that's great stuff. And, you know, on top of, uh, on top of what we've said, I think, you know, my advice would be um, that, that there is a, 
uh, I think a uh, a message of kind of of self forgiveness here, right? Be be ready for your implementation of GTD not to be uh, perfect. I mean, we've been implying that here in the podcast this whole time, but let's let's be clear about that. Um, you know, I would never hold up my GTD practice as perfect, but it's. Um, I think I said in a podcast many years ago, I said, look, it's it's not perfect, but I wouldn't give it up for the world, right? I recognize the benefit that it gives me. Um, and as well, you know, it's funny, I was what I was reflecting on as you were talking was the was the um was the attractiveness for a lot of people of the good old daily to-do list, right? Here are the things I need to get done today. And I completely get the attraction of a daily to-do list, right? It sort of boils down all of the ambiguity in my life to, okay, here are the three things I need to get done today. Um, and by the way, you know, th there are times in my life where a daily to-do list is absolutely the thing I need to, the thing I need to have to support me to make my way through my day, right? There are there are days when, uh, you know, with deadlines looming or whatever, where yeah, this is the day that I really do need to get the daily to-do list uh, created and, and make sure that that's that's kind of driving my attention. But I think there is a um, we can we can recognize that the the multifaceted nature of GTD and the various models. Back to your point, you know these these are all things that might have some some potential impact on our productive lives, and so. Um, the the answer is in there somewhere. Um, so don't you know? Don't put the pressure on yourself to to implement it uh, perfectly, but be open to the possibility that yeah, you know, whatever the tension is that I'm feeling, GTD is going to provide a solution for that. Yep, that's been Great my stuff. experience. Well, yeah. Thank you all for joining us this week for this um, uh, for the change your game with gtd podcast um as always if you have any suggestions for topics we do very uh very very gladly take requests um robert and i will talk to you next time and in the meantime we wish you all the best with the implementation of this a, a very happy new year to everybody and we'll see you for the next podcast bye for now